you can appreciate these guys. They've been ba battling all sorts of things, and they were like, we're just going to worship regardless of what we sound like, so I appreciate it. Um, yeah, how many of you guys are, are pet owners, like dogs? You know, you can do cats too. You know, I, some of the, I've had various experiences with, with dogs and cats. My son, uh, when he, uh, 18, 19, he moved away, and he got a, he got a dog, and it was, it was like a dachshund, but with longer legs. So it was a dachshund mix. It looked like a dachshund, but it could run faster, and its legs were a little longer. I don't know what, I have no idea what it bred with. Um, and he named it his, uh, he called it Diggler. And um, Diggler liked to dig. And so, like, Diggler dug a hole in our couch. Like, I wish he wouldn't have called it Diggler. You could have called it Cuddler, and then maybe it wouldn't have done that. And if you ever have, if you ever had dogs or things like that, you come home and you ever, you ever experience that, oh my gosh, they got into that? I mean, and they, it's like, it's like a huge mess they just got into. My son has two dogs, and he's told me about, you know, the messes that they've made, and then they were able to break out of the cage and do all sorts of stuff when they weren't home, and, and, you're, and then you're just like, wow. And, and also, you know, I always think there's those that have little kids. Like, we'll have our house sort of nice, and then our grandkids will show up, and then it's a mess. I walk in and they're running barefoot in the yard this week and there's mud all over them. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Here, hold on. Can I put it in the tub to wash it off? And then I'm like, hey, do you care if they take a bath? Because they're already in, you know? And, and, uh, cause it, and, and, and then they leave. It's like, oh gosh, there's just a mess. Not just toys, but mud and all sorts of stuff. And, and I was thinking about spiritual gifts. And a lot of us have feelings about spiritual gifts that are very much like it, it's going to be a mess if we walk in them. It's better if we just, okay, we believe in them, but we're only going to practice the safe ones. Right? Do you, you have those kind of things? And, and I, I always think like... Spiritual gifts are very much uh, like one of those things that's like you, you, I really don't want to invite the kids over because I don't want to clean up the mess or I, I, I don't want to have dogs right now. We got to keep them controlled because if they get out, it could be messy. And, and, and I want you to know that that's, that's true. And we'll, we'll talk about uh, this. Um, but be, before we do that, uh, I just want to pray because uh, Spiritual gifts are so important to the body of Christ. And so, Lord, open us to the gifts that you have given us and that you want to give us. Because it's not about us. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you want to say to your church in Christ's name. Amen. Can we be a family just for one second? Can, 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 I, can I just point somebody out? Uh, we had a guy that we've been praying for in this church that literally was in the ICU for what, not 90 days? No, or 80, 70? You're in the ICU for a long time. Yeah, and intubated. And he's over there in the red shirt. This is his first time back to church in three months, four months. And, 
and his name is Aaron. And we visit, I mean, you were, Aaron was on a, a ventilator for two, two months on a ventilator, about two months on a ventilator, induced coma. I mean, just good to see you. So say hi to Aaron when you, yeah, when you see him. Had to do that. Got to be the body. Here's the big idea. Spiritual gifts are for everyone, and all we have to do is ask. Spiritual gifts are for everyone, and all we have to do is ask. And uh, how, can, how can we say this? Well, I think there's a lot of confusion in the body of Christ of spiritual gifts because the enemy, the Bible calls him Satan, likes to sow confusion in people's lives. So we don't just live in a neutral world. We live in a world that the Bible paints that there are principalities and powers and rulers in high places that work against the kingdom of God. And then when Christ comes again, all that's going to change. But right now, there are powers that work against what God is doing through his people in this world. And the Apostle Paul talked about uh, a messenger of Satan that, was, that affected him. And some people say it was physical. Some people say it was something else. But he, he, had, he had a messenger that came from the enemy that was working against him, proclaiming the gospel. And I think if there's anything we need to realize is when we, we talk about spiritual gifts that, that, that are given, now think about this, that are given for what? Last week, encouragement, strengthening, comfort. Some of you were listening. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It really happens. I can't believe that. So why would the enemy work against the body of Christ? Because the gifts that are given when they're used are given to build up the body. So you can be everything that God wants you to be for others. And, I, and so there's so much confusion. When I was a young believer, uh, the, the gift of tongues was really controversial. And, and literally, I would, I would read tracts, Christian tracts that would tell me tongues were of the devil. And they would say, that's, I mean, these were written by Christians. And then I would, I would meet people when I was at college that told me if I didn't speak in tongues, I wasn't saved. I'm like, what is this? This is like, one says you're filled with Satan. The other says you're not a believer. Oh my gosh, does Satan like to sow confusion? A hundred percent. And then I find out years later, my German Lutheran grandmother spoke in tongues. I'm like, what? I never heard her. She goes, no, it's a part of my private prayer life. I'm like, that's, that's confusing. That's confusing. First generation German, very Lutheran, very proper. God gave her a gift and she used it privately. Man, does the enemy like to sow confusion in this area. And so we have to, we have to come back to, to just acknowledge that, acknowledge that there's going to be various positions on it. Um, one of the things you, you need to know is there are a group of people that will tell you that the gifts of the Spirit stopped. 
Not all of them. They call them the sign gifts, the gifts that are a a sign. So healing and prophecy and these kinds of gifts, they stop. That position is called a cessationist. And I studied under some cessationists when I was in seminary, and and, um, uh, I know their, their arguments. Their arguments are usually based around when the perfect comes and they believe the perfection comes, they, they, they believe that's the Bible, that these gifts will stop. And um, in context, you can easily see it's Jesus, but, but it, it's, it's a safer route to go. Does that make sense? Like, if you can just say these things don't happen, then we can keep it controlled a little bit more. So, uh, we are not cessationists. We do consider cessationists brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all believers. We, we come to Christ. But we have different views on whether the gifts of the Spirit stopped or not. And one of the reasons, I remember when I was studying uh, undergrad church history, the, the professor uh, would, would uh, add to the course as we're progressing through the history of the church, all these breakout movements where the Spirit would move. And, and, it, and he's like, some people say they stop, but look at, here's this movement. Here was this. Here's this from this writer. Here's this. And so he, he seeded the course with various um, experiences throughout the 2,000 years of church history where the Spirit of God was breaking in and doing things. And say, if it stopped, it's still happening here. It's still happening here. It's still happening here. And, uh, and that was great. It was a great. He was a great really a good teacher. Very hard, but good. Um, so why is there so much confusion on spiritual gifts? Because people are trying to analyze them without experiencing them. Do you ever do that? I mean, you, you, you try to figure it all out. Do I, do I have your permission to tell, I don't have to, just, I won't tell everything, but I'll just say, you know, we were, we did this in our group. We had little groups and we were, we were, um, listening for something the Lord would give us. And I, I heard these two things that just, I heard, I heard um, peace, and it just kept repeating over and over. So what we did in our clinic, if you weren't there, you, we just took a minute and said, come Holy Spirit. We broke up, there's about 25 of us or so, we broke up into smaller groups, and we just listened. God, is there anything you have for somebody here for myself? We just listened. And so when I started to listen, I just heard this repeating peace, 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 peace. And I'm like, okay, I, I, peace, okay. I mean, it wouldn't stop. It went on for like a minute. And, and I just, I, I said, it, I prayed to the Lord in, inside. I didn't pray outside. I said, Lord, is there anything else you want to show me? And he showed me a beating heart. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And when I shared it in our group, a person said, that's for me, and, and talked about how that, those two things, they didn't mean anything to me. I mean, of course, peace means something, but, but it was the Holy Spirit highlighting something, and why would God do that? He does it because he wants you to know he loves you, he sees you, he knows, and let me tell you, church, we leak like, we can theologically believe that he's with us, but we need the, the, the constant reminders of how much God loves us and cares for us 
over and over. I just think we leak in those areas. It's like a couple that, you know, been married for all these years, and she says, how come you say you don't love me? How come you don't say I love you? And he says, well, I said it to you when we got married. Why do I have to say it again? It hasn't changed. That's stupid, right? Why? Because we all like to hear, I love you. And you get up the next day, and we like to hear it again. And God knows that about us. And so he gives us these wonderful reminders. Building up encouragement, edification of the body. That's what it's about. So um, we'll move, move on to the next one. So sometimes you have to not analyze it. You just say, hey, this is what I'm hearing. Does it mean anything? And if it doesn't mean anything, fine. You move on. But, but trying to figure it out. One interesting study they did on tongues was, was they, I think they hooked this, this person up to this brain scan and stuff like that, and, had, and, and it was just fascinating, some of the stuff they've done on uh, what is called glossolalia. Um, but but here's, here's one of the big ideas I want you to sit with. What, it, what are the purpose of spiritual gifts? Well, the purpose of spiritual gifts is to glorify the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Did you know that? And one of the ways we get it wrong is God gives a person a gift and they develop a whole ministry around it. And it, and you, and it becomes about them. And, and if you knew, knew anything about the history of the vineyard, history of the vineyard went through a very strong prophetic movement. And they, they talked about these guys that had these prophetic gifts, men and women, and, and they would do conferences, and they would invite them in, and, and what happened in the vineyard, and, and I, I knew about this. I was in Europe at the time. I was watching, and I'm like, man, I don't want, I don't want to be a part of the vineyard. This is just, this is just too weird, is, and John Wimber was around. He was leading the vineyard movement, is, is they realized that they elevated these people with a prophetic gift and people were looking to them. And, and one of the principal um, convictions and values within the vineyard movement is the way we say it is everybody gets to play. Can you say that with me? Everybody gets to play. And they realized that when they lifted up these people, the normal people stopped listening. And they wanted just to hear through these prophets. And so as, as somebody in the vineyard described it to me, he said, John would let things grow up and then he'd prune it back. And he said, okay, we're not going to do that anymore because we have a value that everybody can hear the Lord and we can hear the Lord for each other and for the encouragement, building up and edification. And so... If you see somebody exercising a gift, some people talk about the gift of healing and, and all these things, and, and it starts to glorify the person more than Jesus, then you should start to have some red flags go off, okay? Or caution flags go off. And um, let me, I'll, I'll go back to this slide, and then I'll do some scripture. I'll go back. So uh, if you're looking in the Bible, and it's really easy to memorize, where does the Bible talk about spiritual gifts? 1 Corinthians and Romans, okay? 12, chapter 12. Easy to remember, right? Two of the bigger epistles, 1 Corinthians 
and Romans chapter 12, okay? And then Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4.11. So both are uh, Ephesians, 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 is just 11. So is that easy to remember? If you want to read the Bible where it talks about spiritual gifts, take a picture of that. 1 Corinthians and Romans chapter 12, okay? Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, 11. Okay, that's chapter 4. All right? Boom. Read them. That's, that's it, by the way. Like, boom, that's it. All right. So, um, 1 Peter 4, 11 says this. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking actual words of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. It's really, really important that when he talks about uh, what God is doing, it goes on and says this. He says, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So he's saying God gave somebody a serving gift. God gives somebody a leadership gift. God gives somebody a worship gift. And I want you to know is I don't believe all the spiritual gifts are listed in the Bible. Like, I think there's a gift to lead people in worship. And, and it's not listed there. But I think there are people that really have that gift, that anointing, and it's, it, I, I picture it like this. It's like getting on a bus on earth and you take people up to the very throne room of God. And that, that's what I think about the worship gift. But it's, it should not glorify the singer. It, it's, it's them taking us on a bus trip, and we get, you get out of the bus, and you're like, oh, God. And I'm going to tell you something. There are two things, according to Gordon Fee, and I agree with this, that happen when we come into the presence of God. We feel so amazed, in awe. You'll feel so loved and accepted. But you'll also feel like, I don't belong here. you'll, You'll have those two feelings when you come into the presence of God. Because you say, God, I just don't feel worthy. That's exactly what Isaiah felt in, in, in chapter 6 where he says, he, you know, I, I'm not worthy. And, and they take this coal, they place it to his lips, and then he gives himself to God's service. And so if you're feeling that way, that's normal. Because we, we aren't worthy to stand before a holy God. We only stand before a holy God because of what Jesus did for us. And when he died on the cross, that curtain was torn from top to bottom so that we could come into the Holy of Holies. Let me show you another one in, in Luke here. It says this, and this is where they, um, the guys, you know, climbed to the roof, lowered the guy down to be, to be healed by Jesus. And it says this, and immediately he got up before them, picked up uh, what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. And they were all struck with astonishment and began glorifying God. 
they were also filled with fear, saying, we have seen a remarkable thing today. You see, one of the greatest things about spiritual gifts is they point people to Jesus. They glorify God. And we, we like to have our heroes, don't we? I mean, that's the challenge of being humans. We love our heroes. We love sports figures. We like rock stars or rap stars. I mean, we like to take somebody and we like to lift them up and put them on a pedestal. I don't know why we do this. But we do this as humans. But in the church, in the church, we bow down and we lift up the Savior. In the church, we praise God. You ready to do that again? You guys sounded really nice. You ready? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him. goes on, he talks about there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And we believe in the vineyard that God will give any one of the gifts to any one of his people for a specific time in a specific season. So if somebody's sick and you pray, well, I don't have the gift of healing. No, you, you pray. You, you ask the Lord. Oh, I've never heard the voice of the Lord for other people. That doesn't mean you can't, Okay. Because he wants to love other people through you, 100%. And so we just say, it's one spirit. Lord, if you put a person before me, boom, I will respond with whatever you give me. Okay? I will respond with whatever you give me. So let's go back to this. What's the purpose of spiritual gifts? We talked about this last week. To build up the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ. And, and here's the thing. You know, as I was praying about this message, you, you ever try to get a, a little kid to try a new food? I mean, sometimes it's like, no, I don't like it. But you haven't tasted it. I don't like it. Right? You've been there? And, and, and then finally, sometimes... Um, one of my, my grandsons was over this week, and, and his cousin brought out a little bowl of those, like, freeze-dried snap peas. You ever see those? And, uh, and I said to his mom, I said, do you know he eats those? He likes them? She goes, she goes no, he, he would never take them for me. I go, well, he's munching on the bowl out there, and they're just, he's just eating. She goes, yeah, I don't know what to t- say about that. I feel like some of us with spiritual gifts are like that. We, we're like that little kid and we go, no, no, 
And I feel like the Lord's saying, but you will like it. No. Because we like our safety. We like our security. Okay? So why don't we, why don't we, uh, again, this passage, why, why don't we seek gifts from God? Uh, I think some of us had to, had to deal with disappointment, Right? I mean, over and over and over, whether it's, you know, a person we prayed for that wasn't healed or, or somebody gave some prophetic word that just hurt, uh, we, we have to deal with disappointment. But I'm going to tell you, church, you have to deal with disappointment no matter what you do. Life has disappointments. We used to have a psychologist with our, our, the mission I worked with, and he would go around and give free therapy to, to the missionaries, which was really wonderful to have a... Uh, you know, he'd come into town and you could set up an appointment with him. And, I, and he would also do seminars and teach. And, and one of the things I, I learned from this guy is he said, he said, you can frame your life as a series of grieving processes. And I think about that, I go, what? What do you mean by that? He says, because you're, there's always change. And as long as there's change, then you're grieving something. There was something that changed that you liked, and now it's different. And, and so you're going to have a grief process. You're going to be in denial. You're going to bargain. You might get angry. You might deal with depression. And then you're going to move through it and go, okay, my life has changed. How many of you get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and go, oh, gosh, this is a grief process, Right? I go, that, that's not the face I remember 10 years ago, you know. As they said to me, they said, uh, we need to get a new picture on the web for you. Your picture doesn't have gray hair. You have gray hair now. I'm like, fine, take another picture. But, but to me, guys, acknowledging that we can have feelings, deal with grief, deal with disappointment, but still stay connected to what God wants to do in our lives in and through us. Let's look at the next one. Why don't we seek spiritual gifts from God? Uh, personally, we're discomfort. We're not comfortable with him, right? We're just not comfortable. Uh, some of us have seen only weird people manifest them, right? We had a guy in our church that would literally, when he wanted to speak for God, would literally go into King James English. And I remember saying to him, why can't you speak normal? Like, why do you have to get all like this and thee and thou and do this and stand up and then and then when you talk to him, he doesn't talk like that. And I asked him to talk normal once, and he couldn't do it. He he had only learned how to be like the man from God. The voice would change, the language would change, and, and I'm just like, you know, if. If that's hearing from the Lord, then I think we should all be uncomfortable, right? Because then we have to stop being who we are and go, well, i got to read the King James again because I can't even remember how to say these and thous and, unless you watch the coronation. How many of you watch the coronation? This, you watch anything? Yeah. I didn't get up. I watched, I watched a bit at the end in the morning. Uh, it was, wow, yeah. They still crown kings. That's the fascinating thing, you know? We still crown kings. Uh, personal discomfort. And I think the last one is this. Why don't we seek gifts from God is that we've had distorted teaching about the gifts in our past. And, and that is so true. People have said things to us, um, taught on the gifts, taught, you know, you, you have to, um, 
you know, for one of the ones is you have to reach a certain spiritual state in order to operate the gifts. Did you, you ever think about that? How many of you thought that? Like you have to become sort of a spiritual Yoda to operate the gifts, right? No. Right? And, and you think, uh, and, then you th- and then you put people on a pedestal because they have a gift, but then you find out that they're living a very different life. You see, the gifts of God are given for the building up of the body. And they're, they're, God gives them freely because he wants us to grow and to care and to love and to pray and to listen. And therefore, every one of us, and I encourage you to read the passages on the gifts of the Spirit. I encourage you to pray and ask for the gifts that God has for you. Not for you, but for others. Not for you, but for others. And if it gets messy, we'll do our best to clean the barn, okay? And, and I think it was a Wimber saying that barns that are clean don't have animals in them, right? I mean, where you have animals, you have dirty barns, right? And so we humans sometimes get it wrong and get hurt, but, but that's why God gives us gifts. And, and let me ask you, church, if, if God wanted to give you a gift, would you want to receive it? Would you want to receive it? He wants to give you gifts. He gives us his Holy Spirit. And he gives us spiritual gifts to bless and build up the body. And if you get nothing I pray today you open your heart, maybe for the very first time. And just say, God, whatever gifts you want to give me for others, I'm here. I'm like a little kid on Christmas. Help me to open them. Help me to use them. Not to hurt others, but to bless others. Can we pray together? Lord, we started this time with, a, with a, a thought about just getting messy. Animals messy, kids get messy, and, and we know that spiritual gifts can get a little messy. And we pray that as we continue to walk in them, that you would give us grace to do it in an ordered way, in an honorable way. But, but Father, we, we just want to have every gift you want to give us. And Father, I want to pray for somebody here that has never turned their life over to you. They've never acknowledged you as their Lord and Savior. And today could be that day. They want to experience your Holy Spirit. They want to receive the gifts. They want to have a relationship with Jesus. And if that's you, I just say, just, just pray a prayer that says, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you truly died on the cross for my sins, and I want to be forgiven, and I want to walk with you.
And so, Lord, now as we're going to come to your table, would you prepare our hearts? Forgive us afresh from anything that would be standing in the way, anything we said, anything we've done, anything we should have done and didn't do. Thoughts that have been offensive or sinful. Cleanse our hearts afresh today as we come to your table, table of mercy, and we get to meet you in the bread and the wine and the body and blood and the eating and drinking. Empower the prayer ministry, God, as people will respond to what you're saying. In church, we're going to have communion, and then we're going to offer prayer ministry. And if, if you want uh, prayer for greater release of the gifts of the Spirit, I just ask you to go forward and pray. Just come and pray. And just say to, say to Jesus, I just want every gift that you want to give me to build up the body.